Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. And I want to talk to you about fasting and prayer, and I am excited to do it because I just believe in the power of fasting. That when you and I fast, when you and I seek the Lord, when we draw close to him, the Bible says he draws close to us. You have a seat there, you have a card here as in heaven. And inside it gives you some of the things we're praying about, some scriptures to encourage you, some ways at the bottom to fast. And I want to encourage you, I'm going to say the same thing to you. I said to the staff, let's not negotiate minimums. Let's not ask ourselves, what's the least I can do and, and have a good conscience? Let's ask ourselves, God, what is it that you want to do in my life? God, what is it you're calling me to do? God, let me make this, help me to make it the best fast I've ever had. We might draw close to the Lord. Because anytime we fast, we're going to see God do unusual things, supernatural things, extraordinary things. I would just say this, the next two weeks, maybe you didn't fast this last week. You're like, I just, I just didn't do it. Listen, you've got two weeks. These next two weeks could be the most important two weeks in your life. They could absolutely change the course and the trajectory and the power of your life and what you've experienced from the hand of God in your life. Some things that happen and will only happen when you and I fast. We go from knowing God's resume to experiencing God's power. We move from hearing the noise of the world to hearing the voice of God. We move from spiritual bondage to spiritual breakthrough. There's nothing magical about fasting, but there is something biblical about it. Fasting fast tracks our prayers. Fasting accelerates what God wants to do, would do if we draw close to him. It's not the only tool in our toolbox, but it's an important one. It can be the difference between the best we can do and the best God can do. And it's a powerful thing when the church fasts. We saw that last spring, but historically, James River has experienced power, has seen breakthroughs. When we were getting ready to build this auditorium, when we were looking for land, we'd identified seven pieces of ground. We were meeting where the Evangelical Free Church is right now. And we had talked to all the owners. Nobody would sell to us. This particular piece of land had been in the same family since before the Civil War. And we went and we talked to uh, the grandmother who owned it, and Debbie and I sat on her porch and, and drank tea with her and talked and told her about the church, told her what we wanted to do, and she said, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm just not ready to sell the land, and after I pass away, then, the, then maybe we'll sell it to you. And so we got in the car, and I can remember going down 3rd Street in Ozark. It was a fall day, and I can remember as we were driving down the street. It was actually, it was a winter day. I can remember the winter scene. And as we were driving down the street, Debbie said, what are you going to do? I said, well, we're going to call three-day fast. So we called a three-day fast in February 1996. We fasted specifically for this piece of ground. One week later, the daughter of that lady called and said, I wondered if you're still interested in the land. I said, well, your mom said she wouldn't sell it to us. She said, that's not what I asked. Are you interested in the land? I said, absolutely, we are. She said, then it is for sale to you and no one else. 
I mean, that's the power of a fast. Fasting can change people's minds. Fasting can change the course of your life. Fasting can give you wisdom. Fasting can give you breakthrough. Fasting can help you to know the blessing of God in ways you never imagined possible. That's why it's so important for you and I to have a regular discipline of fasting. It's why it's so important for the church to periodically have times and seasons when we fast and when we pray and when we seek God, because through that, things happen that would not happen otherwise. I want to give you just quickly seven things that fasting does. First of all, fasting humbles our soul. It humbles us. God resists the proud, the Bible says. He gives grace to the humble. If, if you're saying, God, I've got it all under control, I can do it. And you know, if you and I aren't fasting, what we're saying is, God, I don't think I really have to have your help. I like your help, but I don't have to have it. And that is the height of pride to think that somehow you and I can do everything that needs to be done in our life, that we're smart enough, that we're wise enough, that we're strong enough. Fasting brings us to a place of humility and dependence that opens the door for God to show us his power and his blessing in our life. It's very easy for us to fall into the trap of depending on ourselves. Our humility is best gauged by how much we depend upon God. And the more humble a person is, the more they're going to rely on God. And in fasting, we're reminding our physical body and our mind that we need God's help. We're bringing our flesh under subjection so that we can say, listen, you're not in charge. My spirit man is in charge, and my spirit man understands I need all of God and all of God's help. In Ezra chapter 8 and verse 21, there's the story of Ezra, and he's leading a group back from Persia to Judea. He's gotten the favor of the Persian monarch. They've given him all of the valuables that Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple. And as they're getting ready to go, he says, I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek him for a safe journey for ourselves, for our children, and all our goods. Here's what we know. They're taking back the temple treasury, which would be, uh, historians tell us, about $160 million in gold. Be about 15 million, almost 16 million in silver. He says, I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way since we had told the king, the hand of our God is for good on all who seek him and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. In other words, he said, you know what? The king said, man, you got all that money. You sure you shouldn't have like a security detail with you? And Ezra said, you know what? We believe God is going to protect us. It's a foolish thing to say, I believe God's going to do whatever I think it is he's going to do and not back that up with prayer. I think at times it's foolish for us to say we believe for supernatural things when we won't do the things God's called us to do that open the door to the supernatural. Ezra understood. He can say all day to the king, I believe in God and I believe God's going to help us. But at some point, he's got to back that up by seeking God, by getting a hold of God, and by fasting. It says, so we fasted and implored our God for this, and he listened to our entreaty. They made that journey of hundreds of miles, and when they got, back, when they got to Jerusalem, he waited three days before he counted the money. I mean, I can't believe it. He just said, we're going to wait. We're all going to rest. We'll get together at the end of three days. 
everything was exactly there. Why? Because they fasted and they prayed. They'd humbled themselves. Psalm 35 puts it this way. It says, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. You know, often we go through life thinking we can handle things. And every now and then, we encounter things in life that make us realize the limits of our ability, of our creativity, of our strength, of our power, of our ingenuity. And God likes to bring us to the end of ourselves so that we can come to the beginning of his power through humble dependence upon him. That's what fasting does. When you and I fast and pray, things change. One gentleman writes this. He's a business owner, and he writes, some of the owners and developers I work with are very demanding. One called me on the phone and yelled, you guys are fired. He wasn't going to pay for the $50,000 worth of work we'd already done. Not only that, he said he was going to sue me to put his building back the way it was. The whole situation really put us in a bad place as a company, so we began to seek God in prayer. My pastor suggested that I try fasting, which I don't like because it means skipping eating and replacing it with praying, but I was so desperate, I decided to try it. As we prayed and fasted, I felt like God wanted me to humble myself. I didn't know what God meant, but I felt like I was to call the owner, so I got on the phone, and he grudgingly agreed to meet me face to face. As I drove over, I was praying for God to show me what to do. Listen, he is humbling himself. He is allowing, during this fast, God to speak to him and to guide him. As I walked in to find the, the owner developer still angry, yelling and cussing, when we sat down, I told him, I'm here to say I'm sorry for whatever miscommunication we had and whatever part my company played. I'd like to do the job, but I'd like to first just tell you I am sorry. There was complete silence in the room. Then he said, I never wanted to fire you in the first place. I just got upset. I want you to do the job, and I appreciate you coming in here. That day, he offered a contract for my company to do an additional $3 million on the job. It would never have happened if I hadn't humbled myself with fasting and prayer. I'm just telling you, there's a lot of things that would never happen if you didn't humble yourself with fasting and prayer. Fasting releases God's blessing on our life. So the second thing I want you to notice, it secures divine favor in situations. In the book of Nehemiah, we read this in Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 4. Nehemiah is an attendant to the most powerful king of his day, the king of Persia. He gets word about Jerusalem, hundreds of miles away, in ruins for decades. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. You know what? Sometimes we get used to our ruins. Sometimes we just say, well, it's just how it is. Some of you, your marriage is in a shambles and you're just used to it. Some of you, your life is not what it needs to be, and you're just used to it. And it's been going like that for quite a while. Fasting can change that. God can rebuild the walls of certain parts of your life that have been torn down, that have been vandalized, that have been ruined, that have been destroyed, that the enemy has attacked. Here's Nehemiah said, I continued fasting and praying. What's he fasting for? He's fasting for favor with the king. He's going to ask him to change his foreign policy and to pay for the rebuilding of Jerusalem and to appoint Nehemiah as 
the governor. Listen, that's a big ask. If it doesn't go well, the king has a way of dealing with people that interrupt his thinking. He usually separates their head from their shoulders. Nehemiah is risking his life. But Nehemiah is fasting and he's praying. Listen, here's what the Proverbs says. The Proverbs says this in Proverbs 21.1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and he directs it like a water course wherever he will. God can change people's mind. God can give you favor with people. God can go before you and cause things to happen in ways you never imagined. Nehemiah prays this, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayers of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. And he goes and he asks the king and the king grants his request. I'm just saying, who do you need favor with? What kind of favor do you need? God can work through fasting to give you favor. I've told this story before, but it, uh, I find it so unbelievable personally that I, I think it will encourage you because I know it's encouraged me. When we were in Kansas City, we were uh, trying to buy a piece of ground and we found a beautiful piece of land. Um, it was at the corner of, of Quivira and 135th Street. And it was a, a farmer and his wife who were retiring and, and they were wanting to sell the land. The thing about the land was he, he wanted 330000 which today would be a steal, but back then was a lot of money, and he needed 100000 down in 30 days. I'd called some different people. Nobody, uh, it, there wasn't any money available. I'd asked the district if they'd be interested in helping us, and they couldn't, and et cetera, et cetera. So I decided here's what I was going to do, because time was, time was uh, running out, and so there was a... An electrical contractor in Kansas City had a big company. And I knew he was a Christian. I'd never met him. I didn't know him. I wouldn't have recognized him if I had seen him. So I didn't have a picture of him, uh, never met him. But the Lord put it on my heart to call him and to ask for an appointment. So I called him and asked if I could buy him breakfast. And his office, they set it up. I told him I was a pastor. I'd like to meet him and like to buy his breakfast. And so I set it up. It was, it was on a Friday, and I set it up for uh, two weeks from that Friday. And on that Sunday, I began fasting and praying. And I fasted and prayed for the next uh, 12 to 13 days, just asking God to give me favor with this man I'd never met and to cause him to give us $100,000 to buy the land. So we sit down, we have breakfast. And we're having this nice conversation. He says, so John, um, is there a reason why you asked me to, to uh, meet you for breakfast? I said, there is. I said, you know, we've, as I told you, we've got this church. Uh, we've been going now, at that point, been going for uh, over a year and a half, have 35 people. And we've got an opportunity to buy land. I think I'll make a massive difference for the church. The only problem is I need $100,000 and I need it in the next 10 days. And so I'm... I, Schedule breakfast so I could ask you to give us $100,000. He had that same response. He laughed and I said, you're never going to offend a man by asking him for $100,000. He said, no, I suppose not. He said, well, what are the people going to do? I said, we got 35 people. I don't know that they can do much. He said, don't you think they ought to do something? I said, I do. That's why this Sunday I'm going to ask them to see what they can give. He said, what do you think they can give? I said, $10,000 maybe. He said, tell you what, John, you go and ask the people what they'll do, and whatever is lacking of the $100,000, dollars 
You call me. Here's my home phone number. Call me on Sunday afternoon. You can come over and get the check for the balance. So you say, what did the people do? They shocked me. They gave $95,000. Can you believe that? You see, God not only gave me favor with somebody I didn't know. You say, what did he do? He gave me a check for $5,000. But he did a miracle in the church that was good for that church. It brought the people together. It gave them a sense of victory. They saw God do something none of us thought God would do. That's the power of fasting. He can give you favor, and he can work in ways you never imagined that God could work. Fasting makes a massive difference. Number three, fasting helps us discern God's will. How many want to know God's will? I do. How many want God to direct you? How many want to hear God's voice? How many are facing a decision and you're saying, God, I just need to know what to do, where to do it, how to do it. God, I need you to show me. Go before me. Speak to my heart. Fasting helps you hear the voice of God. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, when did the Holy Spirit talk? While they were worshiping and fasting. And what did he say? Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. You know what they do? After hearing that, they fast again and then lay hands on them. Because when you and I fast, God's going to speak to us. When you and I fast, God's going to direct us. He's going to show us what it is that we need to do. You know what gets most people in problem is a little equation that goes like this. My desire... Plus, my reasoning equals the flesh. Lord, I, I just want this, and I think I ought to have it, and I can get it this way, this way, and this way, and all of a sudden, I'm operating in the flesh, and I'm taking less than God would have given me if I'd have waited on him, if I'd have sought him, if I'd have said, God, show me. I want what you want, not what I want. I want your best, not my best. I want your God idea, not my good idea. God, I want you to show me. I want to live a supernatural life. I want to know your blessing in my life. Listen, fasting helps us tune out the unnecessary voices. So you and I can hear the only voice that matters. There's something about how it, it helps us, and God can, can show us his will in a variety of ways. When you and I fast, God's going to speak to us. Number four, fasting gives us power to break demonic strongholds. In Mark 9, there's a father whose son was an epileptic. The cause of the epilepsy was demonic. That's not to say Every epileptic that has a person has seizures has a demon attached to it. What it is saying is there's some illness that's caused by evil spirits. About a third, by my calculation, in the New Testament, in the gospel record, about a third of the diseases were caused by evil spirits. Sometimes the enemy attacks with sickness. And the fact of the matter is fasting can break the power of the enemy. The disciples, the father brings his son to the disciples. Jesus is up on the Mount of Transfiguration, and he asks the disciples to heal the boy, and they thought they could because they'd healed a lot of people. But when they prayed for him, nothing happened. 
Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration, rebukes the demon, heals the boy, gives him back to his father. Afterwards, the disciples do something that I think is very, very instructive for us, and we've mentioned it, but I just mentioned it to you again. They didn't, having failed in that moment to heal the boy, didn't create a theology on why God doesn't heal some people sometimes. You know, that's what a lot of people do. They got a great theology on why God doesn't, not a very strong one on how he does or why he does. And the Bible deals in more of the how and why than it does the why he doesn't. I think our theology should reflect that so that we pray with faith for people. So that we believe God's a God who heals. Listen, you came forward for prayer today, and I just want to say this. If you listen to some of the testimonies, you take Tammy's, for instance, it was progressive over days. So I think if it's really God, he'll heal automatically, instantly. Listen, I'm just saying that we see a lot of people heal progressively. The individual who told the story about his knee, his wife prayed Wednesday night, Thursday night, his knee was whole. Now, some people are healed instantly. Some of you came forward and don't say, God didn't heal me. Say, God didn't heal me yet, but it could be today. It could be tonight. It could be tomorrow. I would just approach it that way because that's the way we're seeing God work. Anyway, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, why couldn't we heal him? Here's what Jesus says in Mark 9, 29. He said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. You know, here's the facts. Sometimes we encounter demonic activity, demonic battle in our life or in the lives of others. And in those times, fasting gives us spiritual power, spiritual authority to deal with the power of the enemy in a way that we would not have otherwise. There are some here today and Truth be told, either you or somebody you know, or you're watching online, you have a demonic stronghold in your life, or you have somebody you care about who has a demonic stronghold in their life. It could be all kinds of things. It could be unforgiveness. It could be anxiety. It could be bitterness. It could be substance abuse. It could be self-harm. It could be sensuality. It could be pornography. But what happens is fasting gives authority, it gives power to break the yoke of the enemy to set a person free. That's what Jesus is saying. Some things only come by fasting and prayer. Some things only come as you and I move aside the food and say, God, I I desire your power. I desire your authority. I desire your help supernaturally, spiritually, more than I desire food. I love food and I'm hungry for it, but I'd rather have what you and you alone can give me. And so I'm going to fast and I'm going to seek you. And fasting breaks the yoke. Number five. Fasting prepares us for new seasons of ministry. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. You see, there's fasting in the early church. 
saying, God, it's a new season. It's a new time. We're in a new season. We're in a new time. God's doing new things. It's a new day. It really is. We've been watching it happen, and I'm telling you, we're not at the, we're not at the end of it. We're not at the peak of it. We're at the beginning of what God is doing, and we're seeing God do amazing things week after week after week. You might be at the beginning of a new season in your life. Do you know Moses, before the giving of the law, fasted 40 days? Jesus, before starting his ministry, fasted 40 days. Paul, when he got saved, fasted. Paul, when he started his missionary journeys, fasted. Some of you are at a new point. You're at a new season. Listen, some of you are getting ready to go away to college for the first time. It'd be a great time to fast. Some of you are thinking about marrying somebody. You're thinking about popping the question. Great time to fast. Some of you are getting ready to start a business. Great time to fast. Some of you are thinking about making the biggest purchase in your life. You're thinking about purchasing a home. Great time to fast. Some of you are thinking about making a move somewhere. Great time to fast. Some of you are retiring. You're planning retiring from your, your job. You're going to move into a new season of life. Great time to fast. Some of you are thinking about starting a family. Great time to fast. I'm just simply saying at every juncture in your life, fast. Some of you are thinking about a new job. Great time to fast. To fast and to say, God, I don't want what I can get. I want what you can do. I don't want what I think. I want what you think. I don't want what I'm able to accomplish. I want what only you can accomplish. God, I don't want just the ordinary in life. I want the extraordinary. That's why you fast. Number six, fasting can bring healing. You know, some of you, you need healing. Fasting can bring healing. Isaiah 58 is a great chapter. It's a chapter on fasting. In verse 8, one of the results of fasting is this, Isaiah 58, 8. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. As you're fasting, you say, I need healing, or somebody you love needs healing. I'd be fasting for that. And I would be believing God's going to answer the fast. There's something about fasting that just simply brings about the healing that you and I need. Finally, fasting gives us a greater awareness of God's presence. I'm going to ask musicians to come. A greater awareness of God's presence. Listen, don't you want to sense his presence more on your life? Don't you want his presence more in your marriage? Don't you want his presence more on your home? Don't you want his presence on your kids as they go to school? Don't you want his presence on your life group and in this church more than we've ever known? Fasting is the key to the presence of God. It gives us an awareness of his presence. It sensitizes our heart to his presence. It makes us aware of what he's doing, how he's doing it. In Isaiah chapter 58, we looked at that a moment ago. Then shall your light break forth like dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Do you know what that's saying? God's going to get real close to you. His glory is going to be following behind you. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here. I am. How's that happen? That happens when you and I fast. When you and I fast, something really wonderful happens in our life. 
In Daniel chapter 10, we talked about it, and I want to just quickly show you something. In Daniel chapter 10 and verse 2, Daniel is fasting. It says, he mourned for three weeks. So for three weeks, he's fasting. I ate no desirable food. That's why it's called a Daniel fast. Anything you desire that tastes good is out. No meat, no wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So he fasts for three weeks, and seemingly nothing happens. You know, we err if we think, well, I've been fasting. I haven't seen anything. All I've felt is grumpy, tired, and kind of angry at people. And I just think I'm going to quit because I'm not getting anything out of it. You're not doing it to get something out of it. I mean, you think you're going to go without food and feel wonderful? That could happen miraculously. But for most people, you need food. Listen, don't evaluate the effectiveness of a fast based on how you feel. Some of you stop because you said, I don't think I can do this. I got a headache. Take a Tylenol. So I got a stomachache. Put a little Pepto-Bismol in there. You feel great. You know, listen, I mean, come on, do what you got to do. Keep going. Don't go off how you feel. Don't give up. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to say, it's not working. It's no good. He's right there saying, you're right. It's a big waste of time. Listen, if you stopped, start again. If it didn't work out like you thought, you set a goal and you didn't make it, so what? Start again. You got two weeks. You can do it. God's at work. It may seem nothing is happening when in the spirit world, everything is happening. Look at this. He goes three weeks. He doesn't see a thing. And then on the 24th day, three days after the fast. You know what? I don't, I don't look for what God's going to do in the fast, although he may. I, I look for what God's going to do when the fast is over or in days after the fast is over or weeks. Uh, listen, I, I just know that things have been accomplished that make a massive difference. And here's Daniel, and he's been fasting, and all of a sudden, he gets an angelic visitor who comes and explains some things to him. We read this later in the chapter. It says, a hand touched me, set me on my feet, on my hands and knees. And he said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed. I want you to notice something. The verse in, in Daniel chapter 10 and verse 3, I ate no choice or desirable food. Daniel 10, 11, he said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed. These two words are the same Hebrew word could be precious, could be translated desirable, could be translated esteemed. I ain't no esteemed food, any food you'd really want. Daniel, you are highly esteemed. You know what's happening here? What it's saying is this, and I'll put it here on the screen for you. I ain't no precious food, and I became the man viewed by heaven as precious. Listen, what's it saying? That when you... When you say, you know what, I'm not going to eat desirable food, God says, heaven noticed, heaven's watching, heaven heard, heaven's listening. In fact, the angel says to Daniel, from the day you started, your prayers were heard, and I've come in answer to them. But there was a spiritual battle going on. But here's the thing. There's things happening the minute you start praying, and heaven notices, and when you fast, 
Heaven looks on you with favor. Straight up. God says, she's fasting. He's fasting. I'm going to send an answer. That's the power of fasting. Whatever you're facing, whatever it is you need God to do, I just want to encourage you. Step out in faith. During this time, seek God. Fast. Say, I'm going to set aside something. And maybe like I think of the evangel team here, y'all are doing the two-a-days and the different things. So maybe you give up one thing that you really value, something you like. So maybe you say, I'm not going to eat the whatever it is that you like. You're going to set that aside. Eat the other stuff you need. I believe fasting is foregoing food in one dimension or another, either Daniel fast or however it is. But I'm just saying, God will honor you.